This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. And good day, everybody. All right. Uh, we are back. Another week in the book. It's been a while since uh, both our teams lost on the same weekend, Mitchell, but uh, that's the that's the world we're living in. Nevertheless. Surely that, that happened earlier in the year. The Broncos lost four and I said a while. A yeah. while. Well, South yeah, haven't lost yeah. since the troll came back, so it's been at least a month. A month is a while. There you go. Is it? Okay. I don't know. It's all Time's relative, isn't it? We're all just teetering yeah. along. We definitely lost in the same round a bit earlier in the year, but fair oh, enough. Um, yeah, of course, but that's a while yeah. ago. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, no, what are you, the word police? Yes, apparently now. You're me, I'm the, the gr- yeah. Gosh. <laughs> big word how, police guy. How the turn tables. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we've got a little bit of news to get into before we get to the games. Um, I guess the main story driving the news this week, not anywhere near as exciting as last week, but uh, the stadium wars go on. Uh, Michael Chamis, I think, wrote the story today that there's uh, butting of heads between the rugby uh, between the NRL and, and Dominic Perrottet over planned or uh, sort of announced renovations to several shitty stadiums around Sydney. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, I don't really care about this, but it's, it's a lot of people seem to care. So yeah, well, I, it's more, I'm more surprised the more here from Perrottet than anything else that the guy who I thought he was going to be, he's not much like that guy. And obviously he's still a liberal politician and there's still going to mm. be things like how John Barillara just, does whatever he wants, apparently. But a lot of it, he's nowhere near as regressive as I thought he was going to be. Same. Uh, for a liberal, especially considering he's a, a church goer and everything. But I don't, like, if I had $250 million myself in the government, I would not put them into in suburban footy stadiums. I never understood how they ended up down that path, like, from doing the ANZ redevelopment, because that made sense, because that's got benefit for all sports, to then going into putting new coats of paint and grandstands and all the other small ones. I never got it. So I'm kind of glad it's happening and maybe they can find a happy medium. I don't know, but like I got a lot of live footy. You haven't got as much last few years as I used to. You got a heaps. You went to Shark Park this weekend and it's not mm-hmm. that I don't like those suburban grounds. I've been over this, but they don't hold a candle to a decent footy stadium. They don't hold a candle to Bankwest. They don't hold no. a candle to what Allianz will be. And I think Aussie, sorry, Sydney siders will start to learn this after the new Allianz is built, or whatever it's called, the SFS is built, when they start going to an actual decent stadium frequently, they'll start yeah. learning that Suburbans have a spot, but I don't think, I think their spot currently is what they should be, maybe less. So yes. I, I, I don't mind it. I had a great time on Saturday, but I didn't mm. really see that much of the game, if I'm being honest with you. Like, yeah, there you go. Every, all the stuff at the other end of the ground, I was basically looking at the big screen the whole time because I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. Um, so yeah. Shark Park's one of the suburban grounds I like going to, and I like it's, it's, a lot of, it's fun. But like, yeah, as a footy watching experience, it's it doesn't even compare to places like Bankwest Stadium, or I would imagine the new Allianz when we go there in a yeah. couple of weeks' time. Not a bad and seat of Bankwest. The, the Leichhardt one is particularly baffling because they only play half their games there anyway. It's so, so bad too that like, stadium. It's so far, it's far the behind worst. the other ones, mate. Like it hasn't been maintained. Like Campbelltown at least is a decent stadium. I agree. Campbelltown's way better. And probably doesn't need investment, to be honest. But like no. I said, the part-time ones. It's the same thing with the... That's why it didn't make much sense to me in the first place. A lot of these mm. stadiums, like down in, in uh, for the Dragons as well, those are two part-timer stadiums. Like, if they went full-time to Wollongong or similar, it's like, hell yeah, go ahead. Mm. But the Tigers play, what, like three games a year at Leichhardt? Four games a year? Something like that. And then other sports, Sydney FC play there temporarily. After that, nothing plays there again. We put money yeah. into that. I don't understand it. At least Penrith kind of makes sense. So it's sort of further yeah. away, a lot further out than the rest of them, you know? 100%. It makes sense. Like, yeah. And maybe a Southern stadium, that's one one of them down South, not all three of them down South. But even then the Sharks are not moving from Shark Park. So, yeah, it just, and I get the NRL being upset. We obviously heard, oh, we'll take the grand final to Brisbane, but that's not going to happen. So unless they're going to break contract too. But it's yeah. interesting because, um, yeah, it's just been a few years now. Of all, of all different stadium ideas, like from the big stadiums to the small ones now to whatever. I don't know. I'm just happy for I'm hoping new SFS is great and people just understand that good big Hopefully. stadiums should be yep. the thing that has most games and the suburban should just stay what they are. Yeah, it was weird because I thought like 
Wasn't Shark Park closed like two years for renovations? Yeah. And I went there on Saturday and it was exactly the same. Oh, they've they've added some new stuff. There's have they? Yeah. Well, there's like the one new grandstand there that has mm. that um and Brookie has a new grandstand as mm. well. And Not sure uh, about any of Shark this. Park has a uh the weird ho- houses next to it if you'd ever want to live yes. right next to yeah. Shark Park. Like people <laughs> want to live like there's nothing else around. Obviously there will be things now, but it's like a couple of unit blocks, the shop underneath the unit blocks, and then Shark Park, and then nothing. Mm. Weird location. Yeah. Very strange. Um, the uh transfer window has come and gone. I hope it goes back to June 30. Um, we both agree that it's ridiculous that teams are still adding to their roster like a month before the regular season mm-hmm. ends. Uh, it would have been especially farcical if some of these more high-profile moves had gone through, like mooted moves for Reese Walsh to go to the Storm until the end of the year, or um, Adam Dewey. Like, Clemmer. I mean, the guys that did move teams. I mean, you know, Nuffalim is fine, whatever. Like Oliver Gildart, whatever. But like, they're not really moving the needle as much as some of these other guys would have. So I'm glad that didn't really happen because, as much as I don't really like it at all, at least it's guys that aren't probably not going to influence the outcome of the the competition or the composition of the finals. So, but yeah, just move it back to June 30, please, because it's a bit farcical in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, it looks like Peter Vlandis is going to do that and uh, yeah, mm. full support, another decision. How about that? But it's, it was always June 30, only moved because of, because of coronavirus. And that was for other reasons that, you know, players, teams, learning players and similar, when they actually were short on players and could do anything about it. You know, a lot of it was just the Warriors last year. But I'm with you. Like, there's a reason why in any sport with transfer windows, they have deadlines and they're not four weeks from finals. You know, there's a reason why. And whilst we, as you said, it's only David Nofaluma, Oliver Gilda, a couple others right now, it feels like only them. Those top teams were knocking on the door for top end talent. Like, the Storm were knocking on for Reese Walsh, Adam Dewey, Dane Laurie. The Parramatta Eels went after David Clemmer just yesterday after going after DePau last week. Clemmer's not playing this week, so I guess the Knights have the shits at him as well because of that. So, but mm. yeah, that's not great. Like, and it's not like there's a benefit for the other team. People are saying, oh, there's some articles like, oh, they'll get to save on the salary. It's like, well, there's only five games left. And I don't know if what the deal with the salary of the finals is, but say they go to a team who only play five games, they pay them 52 weeks of the year. It's like even on David Clemmer's salary, you're saving like 60 grand for your cap. It's like, oh, well, what are you going to do with the 60 grand you got? That's huge. You might pay for half of someone's match payments who's a development player next year. Yeah, seems a bit silly. Yeah, um, that's it. And other, because other transfer windows, at least the other teams get something back. They get something. And even if it was mid year, right? When it happened in EPL when there's loans, right? And how some people mm-hmm. loan just to get off the wages, you can understand half a season. That's a benefit. Team gets half the season wages back and they get rid of that player, whatever, and they come back. Or there's actual things going the other way, like in other sports, actual trade packages. It's just teams getting given a little window the NRL gave them for one reason and they're taking the piss for another. Yeah. And they don't, they don't like that. And Noffa's straight into the Storm team this week, as we expected. And you'd imagine Oliver Gildart might challenge Paul Momorowski for that fifth spot in the Roosters' back line, but we'll Robbo see. loves an English back, hey? I don't know why he mm. hasn't like signed one and kept like actually brought one over when he was young and worked on him because he's now taken Gildart in this situation. Took Joe Burgess up from South when they got rid of him, and then tried Ryan Hall, but Ryan Hall was like out for a year, and they tried him. It's like, mate, if you love him so much, Robbo, why don't you actually get one of the young ones and give him like a year's development and cup? I thought Gildart showed some promise when he did play first grade this year, so and then I. he got dumped out. So so do I. I mean, it, there's obviously issues there. He needs to. He's too slow for his size, mm. like. He's going to poke the bulk up and get better defensively. But I, I think he'll probably end up... like the, There's rumours he'll end up with the Dolphins next year. For, everyone's going to end up with the Dolphins. So I don't know how much I believe in that. But I do think he's shown enough potential to hang around. Needs an NRL preseason. Should skip the World Cup and just go to the gym. I like it. it. I'm sure that would yeah. go over well with the English. But yeah, I'm pro as well. But for the transfer stuff, though, like I do... If the NRL was going to do real transfer windows, I'm pro that. But players don't want to be bought and sold. They want no. choice, so that won't happen. So this part is stupid. Letting giving good teams that, and as you said, Bungard, whilst he's been nothing now, it there's got to be years sometimes when a player, you know, it's gonna a, it, do we unless they get in front of this, gonna, yeah, then let be gone. Like say the not the Tigers really were locked on to 
you know, when Dewey was coming back, say they were really locked on to just doing Hastings Brooks the rest of the year, they might have gone, yeah, you can have Adam Dewey. I mean, it was a dumb thing to do, but maybe they could have. And they've let Luch go. They've let uh, Gildart go. They've let Nofaluma go. Like, they're not that far from letting, you know, first grade players they're playing as first graders go. So wouldn't be that long. And I'm, I'm not sure that if Parramatta went earlier for Tapao and Clemmer, maybe they could have got them as well. And Tapao's not much much now, but it's a bit ridiculous that if Parramatta, who have three origin representatives in the middle, three guys who play origin this year in their middle starting, Papa Lee, who probably the best back row in the world on one edge, Sean Lane on the other edge, who is big, and then add in to their bench on a short-term loan for no goddamn money, David Clemmer. Yep. That was weird because, like, Parramatta, like, Ray Stone's, like, their only forward that's injured. So it was, like, even yeah. weird that they were sniffing around. Well, they don't whatever. like Nathan Brown anymore, obviously. But mm. it's, like, I don't even... That's what I found that weird, too, is because they don't really have minutes for another middle. They play, like, Campbell Gillard, uh, Barlow, and Madison 60-odd minutes each. So we're going to bring Clemmer down there and play him, like, 20 minutes off the bench, I guess. Hmm. They should have been looking for a half. That's what I'm surprised they weren't doing for like the because obviously Moses will be out for finals, but they kind of need to jostle the finals positions. Thought they would maybe go look for a half for a few weeks, but they didn't do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, but instead they get no one. So Good. whatever. Um, the Titans have re-signed both for more for a long time. Uh, future captain, perhaps uh, future Origin star in some people's yeah. eyes. Yeah, I mean. I've- I think I've, I've turned. I have to say, I must have to officially be in the hater basket because I'm not in the lover basket. I'm not a hater, but I just he's just so overrated by fans right now. But I just don't like. Same thing. I didn't like when they gave AJ Brimson last year like five year deals, like because he's fine. He is fine, but AJ Brimson is not someone who who has earned, in my opinion, the stature of a five year deal player. And even I think this year's kind of proven that there that they haven't given him, you know, haven't given him uh, first choice of position. He gets moved every few weeks. But what they've re-signed Fermore to the end of like 2026? Yes. It's a long and the time. the Bull- Bulldogs re-signed uh, Ram Fatale Mariner to the end of 2025. Yeah, He's all he right. Earned, yeah, he earned a few years. He's sneaky good old, old Fatale Mariner, but oh. good on him. All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's move back in time and go to last week's games. Um, a few stinkers, a few good ones. Um the Pride game started the round. Um, this game was dominating the headlines all week for other reasons, but, you know, the Roosters did their best to throw this away, but with the cattle manly hat out, there was only ever going to be one winner. But, yeah, man, I, I thought the Roosters were really, really poor in this, and had they played a full-strength manly or pretty much any other team but the Titans or the Knights, they probably would have lost. Yeah, I've hit that time of the year, and Roosters should be playing better than this because, like, they're obviously fighting for finals, but... Before the last few years of rugby league, there was always this time of the year when top eight teams started losing more games to the bottom teams. So they kind of mm-hmm. they know what they are. They kind of tune out a little. A little like you remember, you've talked about it before. But the Sharks yeah. when they won the comp, they lost like four of their last five. That you is know true. whatever. And it sometimes that happens. And the Roosters played like that, but they haven't been good enough to play like that. You know, and they got away with one because of the Manly's lack of cattle. But as you said, it felt like if the Roosters played as they did, and Manly just had like. Jason Saab and uh, Tui Pulutu, they would have won, let alone having five of the other guys. Just like Pio Secchi, good on him for getting a crack and coming pretty much had a like Ron Massey Cup to play and he'd be stoked at his debut. But, you know, we quite clearly saw he wasn't up to first grade standard. We probably won't see him again. But yeah, there's a lot of those guys are mainly did lift and slog their guts out though. So a few people can hold their heads up high. I know that club's going through a tough time and that playing group probably is too, but like a lot of those guys played real tough footy and, mm. you know, only losing by 10 is something. Cause I think the bookies had them favored by like 20 or something plus. Yeah. It was a big line. Um, and smaller getting a try and over is pretty cool. It is. It was treated like a make a wish try. By Andrew yeah. Fox. I didn't, I didn't like, like that. The, the rhetoric yeah, went a bit too far. He's still a professional yeah. rugby league player. It's a bit different. Like, so, like, Seki is a guy who, I'm probably saying that name wrong. I'm sorry, Pio. But he's a guy who's like not really good enough for Queensland New South Wales Cup, right? He's a guy who's only played a couple of cup games this year in the past, been out, in and out of Queensland Cup, went back to Fiji at some point when he couldn't make cup. So, he's actually someone you probably say it about. He's 28, 29, getting his one shot, probably in two or three weeks, be back down out of uh, uh, New South Wales Cup and into uh, Ron Massey. 
fair enough. But Alfred Smalley's not that. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's probably not crazy to see him play another game in, in, in first grade. He's only 23 and he's been around for a few years. And yeah, he, I think he would have played this week. Like the only other player I think who uh, pulled out is like Vyenga, who's a winger who might have pulled out for religious reasons, I believe. But yeah, Smalley's not that far away. So I thought that was a bit disrespectful. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, again, with the the t- with the players I'm missing, I don't know how much we can really analyze from this. No, you enjoyed Zach Fulton getting assaulted on the field, though. Oh, I just I found the reaction funny. Like, you know, JWH just like Nas who did something this week. And anyway, those guys are, are beacons for anger, and often they they warrant it. And obviously, JWH crossed the line, did something dumb there. But I just like the um, I like to work with the first grade, and Fulton was kind of okay with it apparently himself as well. Obviously, it was grubby and stupid, but oh well. Welcome mm. to first grade, you know. And for a dude who has third generation play, I think he's obviously a bit more attention than others when he's making his debut because of it. Yeah. All right. Um. The the storm are back officially. Um. <sighs> despite Ed Cossey's best efforts, they ran out twenty four to twelve winners against the Warriors. Look, it's only the Warriors, but they sorely needed this. They did, and they've lost Nick Meany this week, and Justin Olam has COVID, I believe. So they're down two more troops, but Brandon Smith's back. Xavier Coates is in the extended uh, reserves. Maybe he plays. They've got David Nofaluma. They're getting some cattle back on the field, and they've got Osova Solomona, who seems to be doing the George Costanza of trying to get fired, but with trying to get suspended, and it hasn't happened. That man is looking for a two-week holiday, and no one's helping him. If... Uh, uh, if they lose this game, they're not making the finals. I'm putting the that storm. out there. They're losing the rest of their games if they lose this game. Putting that I really out do there. think they're gonna have some cattle back in the coming weeks, but they're not this week against the Titans. I mean, that's it's the, the per- best team they could possibly play right now. Yeah, I mean the Titans have also decided to rest Toby Sexton. Like, do they under- mm. it feels like they feel like they're the OKC Thunder this year, but like they don't. There's nothing to benefit from this when the Thunder rested their good players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giddy teams. like didn't play the last. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, like Sexton. I know you probably need to leave a week off at some point, but this really, you guys just got into last, and now you're like, have a week off, fellas. Off you go, Toby. So they're doing that, which I find weird. But yeah, the Storm. There's not much to say about this game, really. Um, as you said, Ed Cozy's. Uh, got a uh, a hat trick, which is really nice to see. He's really happy to score one at Mount Smart in his own yeah. quotes post game. Uh, Stacey Jones is running on pure fumes and vibes, and may or may not be picking his team based on Facebook team lists. You could convince me that he was. Their team list for this off, week is, is whack. Yeah. A good <laughs> Wade Egan's no playing five eight. Fantastic. Yeah. Wade Egan five eight, and they've just shuffled things around again a little. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. The shine they play better at home now. The Warriors do, but. Their season, they know that. Their seasons feels like it's been over for ages, despite them not being right down that bottom. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're just treading water for another few weeks. The, um, the worst five-win team of all time. South Sydney won five games in 2002. Yeah, okay. That, and conceded worst. conceded like 850 points or something. Yeah, yeah. So. It's the second worst five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, just, the last no, years have really right. warped us as league fans. Honestly, even just before the rule changes three years ago, the ladder started getting solved earlier and upsets started happening less frequent. Mm. So now we're way more shocked than we used to be when people get upset. And yeah. that's why I also think five wins is now a lot of wins when actually it's always been not enough wins. No, it's true. I just looked it up, by the way. South Sydney, 817 points against in 24 yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. Not great. All right. Uh, speaking of not great, Nathan Cleary. Uh, put him in jail as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he was yeah. sent off. Oh. No argument from me. Um, facing five weeks on the sidelines. And and I wrote two weeks ago, the only thing that could stop Penrith from getting the minor premiership was nine separate misfortunes, like in the softball episode of The Simpsons. We're, almost and, uh, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Mm. A couple more. Maybe James Fisher-Hartz gets addicted to brain and nerve tonic. <laughs> and Isaiah Yo gets arrested for every murder that's ever been committed in New York. Uh, we could get there. They're only, what, three wins in front of the Cowboys now, but with a lot of tough games coming up, I might add, like, they've got to play South, Melbourne, can't remember who else, but, like, they don't really have many soft games in these last few weeks, and yeah, I mean, this game was basically over once the Cleary suspension yeah. happened, and 
Yeah, they play the Warriors. But other than that, they've got Raiders this week who are fighting for their season. Storm Panther, uh, St- Storm Souths Cowboys. So, yeah, I don't know. That that game in round 25 against the Cowboys could end up being for the minor premiership. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I, I don't think so. I think they'll... I reckon oh, I don't either. But it, their slide. I agree. I mean, yeah. I like, think they'll be, be fine. They'll... They'll be able to win at least a couple of these games, and that's that. Also, that factors in the Cowboys winning every single game. So, exactly, they yeah. might. But they've got Carter back, which is big for them. But like this game, like it was decided in that the shock after the send off, really. Like the Penrith are really bad in that period after Cleary got sent off. You know, they conceded what every four or five minutes from from then to half time, and obviously the Eels put the cue in the rack in the second half. But they were much more on their game after halftime. And I think this week they'll have, they'll have their full complement. I know they won't have uh, Jerome Luai, but everyone tells me he doesn't matter anyway. So there's no Jerome Luai. And people tell me Cleary's overrated as well. So they should keep being good then, if that's the truth. So Sean O'Sullivan's in at seven, and they have Jamin Salmon at six. And not his biggest fan, but I, I do think they'll still win more most of their games on the way home. And Cleary will be back for finals. So I don't think it's a big blip for them, but just... Stops them finishing the season as a one-loss, two-loss team. I like making fun of Penrith, but I mean the Cleary stuff is very funny. Like he's yeah. he's really good. Like mm-hmm. he's really really good. And yeah, like there's just it's gone so far in the other direction that people think that basically now James Fisher Harris is the only good player they have, and that the rest of them are interchangeable. Well, have you seen Fisher Harris lose an Origin series, mate? That's a very good point. Didn't think so. Yeah. Got me there. Didn't, didn't think so, but yeah, the Penrith, uh, sorry, the Cleary spear tackle. When I first saw it, so the first half, I we I, I've watched this game again. But the first half, we were at dinner, then I um, we put our phones out to say to send off. Second half, I watched the whole thing. Hmm. But when I first saw the send off, I was like, oh, that's not that bad of a spear tackle. Then I saw it again in full screen. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you can't. There's no, there's not a single argument. When I first saw the little tiny screen, I thought there was Liam Martin had a hand in it. It's like no, Liam Martin did zero. And Cleary has done the most traditional type of spear tackle with his hand between the legs and everything. And the way I felt in the early in the year, I felt sorry for Carl Lawton because he just went for a hard tackle and it went over different. Now, this is just full-blown spear tackle. The funniest no thing argument. is that that very soft lifting tackle he got done for against your lot earlier in the year factored into this. <laughs> so now, wasn't it got... the dangerous contract? Oh, no, it's same, similar type. You're right. Yeah. He, he did, he did um, like one that man weird thing where he was like super low to the ground and yeah, flipped yeah. him over. But yeah, they called it a cumbling um, throw, I think at the time. Yeah, something like that. But um, but yeah, so he'll be out for the rest of the regular season. Obviously great for South. You play Penrith in a couple of weeks time. We won't have Blue Eye and Cleary. Um, but yeah, they'll be fine. They'll still finish first, I think. Yeah, and the South Australia minor one we should talk about. I just like yeah. everyone knows, like everyone has an opinion on the angry and whatever. But mm. I just think it's miraculous that this guy finds a way to get to get charged in a different way every other week and not get suspended. Like it's he's been remarkable. charged like five times this year or different types, and and the way he hurt Wade Egan this weekend, mate. It's like he invented a new type of tackle so much that they couldn't define it. You know, they've only got a couple of days on the weekend. They've only got like a night on the weekend to come up with charges. Didn't take any of the boxes of all the bad things. You know, even though it looked bad, it didn't take it. So it's like, oh, well, I guess he didn't do anything wrong then. It's like, well, no, he kind of did. <laughs> you know, so he got away with another one. That dude, like, horseshoe up his ass. I said for Solomon, and, go, and every week does something like this at the moment. I know there's people listening to this program who can't stand him. I um, I don't know. I think it's hard to play at that, that height and not fuck people up. <laughs> you know, play that as big as he is. But it wasn't a good look, man. Like, he, he feet left the ground putting Egan on, on his back on his head with other people involved in the tackle and it just felt weird that I know it didn't look like anything traditional but they didn't find any anything dangerous with it but very strange it looked awful strange. whatever it did it did Parramatta though what a strange team mate no halfback got Jacob Arthur this week now back in the side but yeah they're, they're a weird team because again they, they're really good against and before the current something they're good against Penrith, the Penrith and Storm now after years of not being good against the good teams, they're good against the good teams. But they just got pounded by by Brisbane, you know, and they've also in the basket of teams, just like South and the Broncos that have lost to the Tigers. Um, Just weird, weird team. And now no Moses. It doesn't feel like they'll get their feet under them before the finals. You know, it just feels like they'll probably languish around fifth to eighth. And then who knows? Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Uh, let's jump ahead. Um, Saturday. Uh, I'll be 
Yeah. No, no, not yet. No, not yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got the the Raiders beating the Titans. Unless you meant my boys, the Canberra Raiders, which would be strange. But <laughs> would be yeah, strange. the Titans stink. Breaking news. Let's talk about the and, Raiders, though. Yeah, well, the Raiders also didn't really put in defensively in this game, by the way. The Titans scored some piss-weak tries. Yeah. Like, real soft. The last Jaden Campbell try, that was just like, almost like the make-a-wish one for South back in the day. That they'll back and away from both form more than back and away from Jaden Campbell and just watch him score. It was weird. Um, did Joseph Tarpanay get suspended? I don't think so. Mm. Did I miss For that, that off the ball punch? I don't know. Did he get charged? I, I can't remember. So. But okay. yeah, the Raiders ten and nine now, and they've the the biggest challenge for the Raiders is winning the games they should, and they've just done that. And I know mm-hmm. the Titans have just been awful. And after the game, I heard that Kieran Four was going to be the savior, which is great if you're a current player at the Titans to well, just wait for Kieran Four and to fix I mean, everything. But yeah, uh, like they get Penrith without. Penrith might, mm. I think Penrith will still be fine, but they might take a couple of weeks to figure it out without Cleary. And so mm-hmm. getting them first up is great, which Canberra yeah. do. And then they play the Dragons, who seem to have tuned out for the year. Yeah, they've lost. Uh, Cody Ramsey was a huge part of the good things yeah. they were doing. Him being um, out's massive. And then Newcastle and the Tigers are two of their last three, which you'd mm. imagine, especially the Knights game, is a gimme. And then the other the one's Tigers manly. not a gimme no more. Well, no, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah no, I, that's yeah. what I said. Especially, uh, but, you know, you'd still expect, you'd still put them favorites in that game. And then the yeah. other game, penultimate week of the season, is against Manly at home. And that game could end up being for eighth spot, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, they're well and truly in with a crack now. So, 10 and 9, though, and sitting outside the eights, very Raiders and have a negative four and against. Mm. Well, that could end up costing them. I think they'll, pro- I, just looking at the run home, uh, I don't know. It'd be tough though, because like the Roosters really don't have many easy games left. Like the Roosters yeah. play the Broncos, Cowboys, Tigers, Storm, Souths. Like that's pretty tough. Like if you think if Canberra can win three of those three, three or three of those games, they'll get in. Yeah, I mean the Roosters will go in pretty confident this week against the Broncos, and then mm. just the fact that you guys play them in a in a in a derby match, you know, that's toss up for them as well. So no, nah, we'll beat them. I don't know. We always I, do. It, yeah, I know, but uh, we'll, we'll see how those goes. But yeah, you know, they got Brisbane this week, the Roosters and the Broncos have bottled two games in a row against them. So who knows they bottled another one. But it's interesting. Like the other guys in that race, as you said, have kind of gone off the boil. The Seagulls are now kind of in crisis. The Dragons, those couple of injuries, like that's not a, a deep roster, but losing uh, Cody Ramsey and then lose, and losing um, Moses Suley, I mean, two of their better players this year has been massive for them. They were they yeah. were just awful this weekend. So that's been huge for them. And they're um yeah, I don't think they're contending for that. No, they're so. they're done it's though. Two team, yeah. two team race for that last spot. Does look that way. All right. Good on you, Canberra. Uh, Gold Coast, terrible. Take a lap. <laughs> All yeah. right. Um the game of the rounds. This did honestly being there felt like a finals game. Um disappointing to I mean, if you just lose twenty to fourteen, it's like whatever, you go home, like fine. But to get it back to twenty all, then to have the Sharks drop the ball on the what the second or third tackle of extra time, and just to have Trell miss three field goals just kind of stings a little bit. Uh, so obviously been wrapping Trell when he's deserved it the last few weeks, but there was questions for us that aren't South fans, obviously thinking has the Trell come back a changed man, or has he still got some of those same old the Trell games in him? And this is one of those games. He he was he seemed pretty disengaged from kickoff for mine, and I know he got moved mm. to center in the second half, but he only carried the ball six times in the game. Like that's one of the classic Latrell games when you're like, "What's where is he? What's he doing?" And then, given the opportunity in extra time, you usually would back Latrell to to nail one of those, missed all three, but also with that easy conversion, cupcake conversion, he hit the, the post. Minute, he yeah. hit the post. He was not on his game on the, and that was him turning up in this game was a bit more important than the last couple. But yeah, you don't know with the troll when it's going to happen like that when he doesn't feel feel up to it, and he definitely didn't look up to it in this one. And the the South forwards did quite well, I thought. The pack again have, have really kept lifting. Like Totolo's been in cracking form, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's but tough, mate. Like to... I don't know, like yeah, it's really hard. Uh, you you look at the stats afterwards, and you you wonder how South didn't win this game. Um, it's very frustrating. Um, but at the same time, you know, they lost by a point in a hostile atmosphere against the top four team. Like if that's the worst thing that's happened to them in the past six weeks, which it is, um, they're doing all right. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know 
how they bounce back from that. I mean, they got the Warriors this week, but then after that, it's an absolute murderer's row. So they're just going to make sure they get back on track this week and then probably just win two of the last four and they'll be fine. But yeah, yeah top four was basically there for the taking if the troll kicks one of those field goals. So that's extremely disappointing. And it was tough to see Ilias and Walker both just have pretty poor games as well. Ilias getting caught on the last twice, twice? in possession. It's terrible. And Cody had one of his worst games of the season. Um None of that is good. Yeah, so you're not going to find me praising Ilias after when he plays quite well when you're smashing a team. You know, you cut your teeth as a half on, not even when you're getting beaten and turning up because it's really hard then, but this is a game that was in the balance and he, him and Cody were both disappointing. And there's been a couple of games this year that you've been let down by key players when that's happened, when the game's been in the balance and no one stood up. And uh, this is one, an interesting one because I think the periods of the game, the Sharks definitely felt like they were blowing a game. Like, you know, they had heaps of good ball and they drop it on tackle too. Kind of felt like watching South early in the season. Mm. But then South started motoring and getting on top and broke, got some more line breaks, made more meters, missed less tackles, all that kind of stuff. And it felt like, oh, South are going to win this for my flex. South are going to come home with a wet sail and and do this, you know, maybe like one or two tries towards the end. But Andrew Feeder round the clock back and went through like the entire South pack. Yeah, that was a steamroll Cameron Murray. Yeah, that's um, it. and then you did get your, you know, back in there, but yeah, the extra time period, it was kind of handed to South the mistakes the Sharks made, honestly, and they couldn't take so it. So frustrating. Yeah. Um, the only silver lining was I was in the corner that Connor Tracy scored in in the first half. That's where we were standing. Mm. So the angle for both of Latrell's field goal attempts in the first half of Golden Point, I had a perfect view of, and didn't for a second think they went over. Which is the you first know, sometimes one was like forty it. meters wide, mate. <laughs> well, the first one—that's the the first one's easily the worst one, right? Like that is yeah. you'd back any. He had time as well. Like you'd back pretty much any player in the comp that kicks field goals to be able to kick one from there. Like the second one, whatever he got the distance, he didn't miss by that much. Decent effort, but yeah, that first one is 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 brutal. But where's Ilias in all this? Well, at least be an option. Like the Sharks knew it was going to Latrell every single time. Oh, mate, this is the same issue I had. Remember the, early in the year when Elias missed one and I was really angry at Cook and, and Walker because mm-hmm. like they didn't even, they both stood behind Marker. This was the same thing for all of them again in this game is that not one of them, be Walker or Elias, were even an option. And half the thing of like a field goal is just having an option just so, you, you know, is, they can't exactly pin down one kicker, right? But nope, they had no genuine option. Like, Coney Walker is standing just next to Latrell on the, uh, the first and second one, I think, just sitting next to him. It's like, mate, just stand in the pocket. Act like a dummy, you know? Yeah. Or after the first two missed ones, that third one, how about the same thing? How about one of you get into the pocket and then change direction to the trail? You know? just I, th- That third one, I thought they should have gone to Cody or Ilias left. Yeah. And then yeah, gone yeah. back to the trail and he like can't kick it more comfortably. Like what the Cowboys did with Val Holmes the yeah. other week. Yeah, but then Latrell could take a shot from the right hand side on his left foot for on the last one, you know. But no, missed all three. Mm. Uh, the second one was close, obviously, but the first one and and last were terrible. Mm. You expect better, but uh, yeah, the Annoying. Sharks would be obviously pretty happy with getting that win because you know they've felt like they've not really had a good win in a while, whilst having a lot of wins in that period. So they got a good one here, and yeah, strange game, strange game that like. South like didn't really look like scoring for most of it, despite dominating the meters and yardage. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, look, yeah, pen- pencil them into the top four now. They're, they've they've done enough yeah. with their draw. I mean, the, they're fine. Yeah, the Broncos lost the game after it, and that was it. So yeah. it'd be hard to yeah. see someone catching them. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I'd find sucks that you lost, but it could be worse. You could lose to the team coming last. Hmm. Or well, you've lost to them as well this year. Didn't lose to them this week. Yeah, no. But I'm saying, yeah, if they've lost, beat some good teams. I mean, mate, honestly. I thought I'd be angrier than what I was because I've been through this team when I'm, when they lose and they lose games they should win. I've been pretty angry, but I think because in the last four weeks, you know, they went to into that Dragons game with no cattle. Same with the Titans, and then went to Parramatta. If you offered me four or five weeks ago, the Brisbane would win three of that four. I would have taken it easily, and especially if one of those wins were over the the top eight contender in Parramatta. And whilst it's important not to lock up that top four spot or push for it further for it, the main thing I've said many times when I want to finish top six. And, you know, that's fourth is probably not the best position to finish in the top four. I probably want to finish third. So that looks like it's gone now. 
So maybe you'd want to finish fifth rather than go to Penrith round one of the finals. Maybe you'd rather host one as a, as a Brisbane fan, but we'll see how they go from here. But honestly, it's like the Tigers were good last week. And I did say I didn't, I wasn't going to fear them because they're 22 Tigers, but said so they might turn up and win anyway. So I didn't go in the game with fear, obviously. Closer to the kickoff, I started feeling like maybe we might lose this because I just don't, I didn't feel up for the game. So I don't know if the boys felt up for it. And for some reason, we have a pretty average record on weekends. Most of our losses this year, I think five out of seven have been on a weekend. Not on Thursday or Friday. Um, but yeah, they, they were pretty flat. They looked good with the ball for some periods, but the Tigers just played with like high intensity for the entire game, you know, and, and fair cracked. They they won the middle against a, a, a middle featuring like Flegler, Haas, Carrigan. That, that's a pretty highly rated one, but they um they won the middle. They, they hung around for the first half an hour, and then that first interchange, I thought uh, Fanua Bole really, really smashed up our bench, and I don't like that. I know Flegler's earned a start and they all want to start. I really wish he was on the bench because I think that bench rotation is a bit weak now when we made that first sub. Um, I don't like that rotation. Didn't like uh, Payne Haas. I know Payne Haas's numbers are good. I thought he played low energy in this game. And just like Tessie knew, he also watched Zay Musgrove run over Corey Pakes on the line. Good job, boys. If one of those guys like even dives, they call a double movement, right? If one of those guys gets even in front of Musgrove, they would have called double movement on the ground. But both of them watched it happen, and he got a double movement try given because, yeah, they, it was pretty clear that he rolled over into the in goal. But I think the main takeaway for the Tigers, and we spoke about this early, when they signed Tyrone Peachy and it was still Vlando Ball, we spoke about how Peachy was going to be a good signing because finally the Tigers had one forward who get the ball out of the middle of the field. And that's what Hastings has done for them. They move the ball around better now. They're playing a bit more second phase footy. And then uh, Dewey seems to be a Broncos killer. South should have kept him, mate. Only a year old, Amelius, and should have kept him. Do, do you think? Do you think they should have? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Should have kept him. If you want, if Bronco killer as well. But he had a cracking game. But like Kem Amolo was really good, really high energy. Dane Laurie had his second good game in a row. Uh, Kapoa was was quite solid. Safe after did a decent job on the edge. Talangi had his first good first grade game maybe ever. He like, played yeah, they, really well, yeah. It's one of those things. Obviously, you look at it. So, oh, they lost to the team last on the ladder, but like they played really well and they played really well the week before. They should have beaten two of the top five teams in the competition. Like, there's, it's not even like it's been a clear change when Noddy took over. It's been the last like three or four weeks have been a competitive side. The Tigers have been, and I think we, as we said, we got forgot about that teams at the bottom can change things up and win games. You know? Yes, and the Bulldogs have done the same thing. So hasn't been a you, thing for a couple of years, but yeah. it hasn't been. Well, also because like I think the main takeaway, and the Warriors haven't changed that much. But I think you look at teams like when people say, "Oh, but who?" If we say, "Hey, coach, who do we hire?" Sometimes it's just yeah, literally anyone. Yep, just not Shane Barrett. Yeah, just not or just not Madge. It was over, you know. And you look at the mm. teams at the bottom, and you have one guy saying he's been to four grand finals and assistant. And you have another guy waiting for Kieran Foran, and you're like, man, maybe if they're just like put anyone in and the team maybe enjoyed training and had some fun. Maybe they win some football games. That's what the Tigers look like, look like they're doing at the moment. Playing it's a pretty good solid team unit in that game in the week before. Really good mental effort from them to bounce back after the game they had, after that low. But yeah, they deserve to win and that's why I didn't really feel that bad after it. You know, obviously would have liked to have locked up a, another win on the ladder, but the big games that matter for Brisbane are t- of losing points to other top four to six contenders and this wasn't one of them. So I'd rather drop points to them than drop them to the Eels or the Roosters. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and good yeah. on the Tigers. They deserve something nice after last week's bullshit. So, Well, one thing I will say, mate, like he's starting again this week. That's There's one thing. Corey Pakes got run over by Zane Musgrove. And I know that's been a fear of the, the coaching staffs forever with his defense. And it, finally, it happened and he's been dropped. And it just feels weird that what happened in their winning streak they haven't just gone back to it. Like when they, when they mm. won eight in a row, it was Pakes was coming off the be- off the bench at 25th minute mark. Tamari Martin was the fullback. And they haven't gone back to it. They've dropped Corey Pakes this week for Turpin, probably for that missed tackle. He came on after 50-something, and that's, he hasn't had a good impact on that period, and he was bad on the weekend. But also, Tessie remains in fullback, at fullback. And like, yeah, he looks likely with the ball. He does. He runs around a lot and th- he looks likely. But they've got a losing record with him there, mate, this year. Like a team with seven losses have a losing, like, you know, we, we've got more wins and losses. We have a losing record with him at fullback and we've only lost two games with Tamari at fullback. Yep. Like, uh, you know, so it's your so, Warriors legend. Yeah. So for 
for reference, it's nine games at fullback for Tessie. With Broncos are four wins and five losses. They've scored an average of 18.6 points with Tessie at fullback. Conceded an average of 23.1 for an average differential of negative four and a half, right? Mm-hmm. So for Tamari, I'll conclude the Cowboys game at first and I'll do it without it because the Cowboys game only played 20 minutes. So it's not really a full game for him. But with that Cowboys game in there, the nine games, seven wins, two losses, 29.4 on average, 17.5 against on average, and then 11.4 average differentials. So there's 15 points between them when they play when Brisbane have those guys. But if you take out the Cowboys game that he was on the field for, Tamari is fullback for us is eight games, seven wins, one loss, 29.4 points for, 14.5 points against, average point differential of 14.5. It's a 18 to 20 point difference for Brisbane. That seems and you, bad. Usually it's just coincidental, right? Sometimes that stuff is, but it's like their defense looks better when Tamari plays. Yep. It is better when he plays. You know, like they're conceding like two tries less a game when Tamari's there. So the points are scoring points either way. They're scoring more points with Tamari, but they're scoring points either way, but they're conceding two tries more. And they even games with Tamari average more meters. Even though, even though Tessie has better numbers himself, games with Tamari, they average 200 plus more meters a game. They average two and a half more line breaks a game. Like, I don't know. And you see some of the stuff this weekend. Again, he doesn't make glaring on-ball mistakes, Tessie does. And even though I thought in a lot of the sweeps on the weekend, I think he 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 threw some guys down some alleys. Like, you shouldn't just throw the ball as a back a, a fullback in shape to the outside man and hope something happens. Because what happens in that situation, and it happened in this game, the reason why you don't want that people just lugging the ball on and getting your, you know, your wing or your center tackled near the sideline is because it takes away two tackles. Like say that happens on tackle three, you no longer have a spread on tackle four. Hmm. Like if a, if a fullback's going left and something's not on, so not, it's better off to just run yourself or tuck it back on the inside. And then you've got a back rower or that fullback's tackled 20 meters in or 50 meters in, right? And then you can just go back, spread the other side or play a short side. What you do is when you fo- shovel it to the sideline, it's really easy to defend because you can only go one way. And generally, you can't really do full field spreads to score tries. You can't go from one. It's very hard for a team to spread from one side or the other sideline. So when he did that, a couple of sets, he's killing full field spreads. Well, killing the, the attacking sets doing that. But the main issue I still have is kick defense, mate. He's just so passive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's not going to change. It's not like and Del Hoyter may have dropped. Like he may have been the one that got caught out in the air in this in the air in this game. But he's the guy who comes screaming from his for his wing from his wing to to contest balls. Like the try they scored off that off two kicks. Sorry, off, off the back of that kick. Sorry, it lands like five meters in front of where uh, Tessie is standing when they when where he's standing when they kick it from for where the kick mm. lands. It's Hoyter who runs like twenty meters from his wing who, who contests and contests in the air and Tessie just watches it, and it's like. I don't understand why he's kept the spot. Like it's, I know Tamara is now leaving. Tessie isn't our fullback next year either. We got more results with Tamara back there. And I know Tessie shows a lot with the ball in hand and I know they like him and he's a, and a good young fella, but you know, there's five weeks left and I don't know. It just, it feels like, yeah, we can win with Tessie, but we definitely have more gaps to more ways to lose with him there too. And, Again, I don't think it's coincidence that we have lost seven games this year and five of them he's played fullback. No, I don't think it is at all. It's a very important yeah. position. And yep. yeah, you Posi- yeah. Yeah. We're not so- the defense yeah. being so much different, that's the main thing, mate. Like they'll score points and he'll be part of them when he's playing. And, he- and if he's not there, tomorrow will be a part of it too. Mm. They're definitely missing Cobo and Herbie as well. But Cobo's back this week. He'll be back in like round 24. Big ins. Um, Some big ins. Huge ins. But yeah, I- the key defense is terrible. And We've seen sometimes Copper has those games when he's under pressure to drop three or four bombs. And yeah, I just, I also don't think it's a coincidence again that Te- Cobble was dropping lots of bombs. Fullback changed. Cobble stopped yep. dropping bombs. Fullback came back. Cobble started dropping bombs. Like it just, when too many things line up, it's not coincidence anymore. But that's because when Tessie's the fullback, Cobble, for some reason, has to run 20 meters to catch bombs. Yeah. Oh, well. There's um yeah, there's only been one round in like the last three months where South and Broncos haven't had the same result. By the way, that was the week you, you lost to the Cowboys. So we just we keep staying one win behind you. Together. So we do. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't really uh, care about the ladder position like that that much. I know no, you but it's obviously just a bit of banter fun. about the ladder thing, yeah, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But Give I um, shit. I'd rather we just both finish top four. But well, um, oh, yeah, I, yeah, the final that won't happen now. It could if we'd won if we'd won on if we'd won in if we, if Latrell kicked field goal, we probably both could finish top four. But mm-hmm. seems unlikely now. Um, Patrick Hagen should be in jail. Yeah, <sighs> I mean. I said this last week, and I've always been someone who I think injury obviously has to be a bit of a factor, but I'm more of a just suspend person on on the action, not the injury. And funnily, a week later, we get this that comes around, and because you know, I think there's been there's hip drops that happen that they all have the same potential outcome, you know, and they all look just as bad as this one, so they should all be treated similarly. But unfortunately for Paddy, that's gone wrong, and he's referred straight to the judiciary, and it's hard to see him getting less than five weeks. Yeah, I think uh, there's some defense of it, but there's no mm-hmm. point in defensing it. Like, I mean, the only defense I have of it, if if you watch it against other hip props, he's come in and he has grabbed Hastings around the waist and he's pulled and tried to flip him on his back more so than just done that stuff when they dropped their weight into the guy's legs. But that's not going to change anything. He broke the guy, Hastings broke his leg. It was a terrible tackle gone wrong and he should miss time. So. He's just got to hope it's five or under because if it's over five, he misses the first week of the finals. And that could be don't want that. missing the whole, compa- hell, uh, you know, for we know Broncos could finish fifth and he could, that could be the only final they play this year. And he could be one of the guys that sat there for all those years waiting for one to miss it. So he's hoping. Yeah, that's terrible. All right, let's move on to other terrible things like the Newcastle Knights <laughs> who fucking suck. Um, Man, they are truly awful. They're now just getting bodied by fellow also runs. And I know the Bulldogs have been pretty resurgent in the last couple of weeks, but I mean, they they only came into this game with the same number of wins as Newcastle. And you wouldn't have known it from this contest. Uh, just, Bulldogs were pretty poor the entire second half. That's the though. worst part. Like they didn't play particularly well and it doesn't matter because Newcastle are so, so, so bad. Like absolutely awful. Um, You know, thank God they got to play the Titans a couple of weeks ago. Otherwise we'd be sitting here talking about, you know, like a, you know, like honestly, 2016 levels of like ineptitude at this club at the moment. Like yeah. their last, you, you, like since, since that Titans win, they've considered 40 to the Rabbitohs, 42 to Manly, 42 to the Roosters, and now lost 13 plus to a Bulldogs team that was equal with them on five wins. And three of those four games, I might add, came at home. So, They've been so yeah. bad at home. That's been the big thing, hey? Yeah. Just absolutely atrocious. I mean, I don't know where... I mean, they will prop- They play the Titans again in, in the second last round of the season. That might end up being a spoon bowl because I think the Tigers will do them this week. And yeah, there will be no Ponga for the rest of the year, we we imagine. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just just atrocious. Just I, I, I'm, I just feel so bad. How many times in this podcast in the last few years have we just gone, oh, I feel so sorry for Newcastle fans? And yet... I mean, yeah, it just keeps coming back again. Like they were their their high point since getting rid of Nathan Brown was to play and get well beaten in a couple of finals games in week one. That's it. I really thought that better that better things were coming for them this year than than what we've seen. And I yeah, they are bottom two worst teams to watch right now, along with the Titans. Yeah, the, the Bulldogs are actually a pretty entertaining team and yeah, Potters and their still attack's great there. under Mick Potter. Yeah. They do. But this second half they didn't turn they didn't come out of the mm. sheds. You know, the first half looked like they were gonna score every time they had the ball. then uh, they, they threw the ball around. They they've given Matt Burton license to to kick early and kick towards Addo Carr. And yeah, they look they were entertaining game by them. And there's many factors here that suck for the Knights. One of them being Jacob Kiraz was was let go by them in preseason this year. Like he was at their preseason, so yeah, he got cut. Uh, and it's just so often with that club. We even I think we spoke about it last week again. It's not even that every team has players that got poached or went elsewhere and have have had good careers. The Knights have a lot of guys they just let go, who are good the next year elsewhere. You know, like Kiraz was there in preseason, so it's like months later he's a good first grade footballer. So it's just something wrong with their talent ID up there. Um, and they, like Kiraz and Hosking would walk into their team right now. They have their playing, but yeah. they're not there. And, and then you look at the effort on the field. It just They just remind me so much. And I said a few times, they remind me so much of the Seabold Broncos. It's a good shout. They, 
They play overly robotic with the ball in hand. There's set plays in this game, mate. There was one point in this game towards the in, end of the second half when they after like their thirtieth play of the ball, not scoring. Uh, was it not? Was it Crossland who went to the line? <sighs> no, Crossland didn't. No, it was him, I think. But a, a set play kind of broke down, so Crossland dummied and went, and then looked for support. And all the Knights players were just standing in the same backline shape they were standing in. It's like uh, you, and it's just like you guys are broken. You're broken. You're in these weird, rigid set plays that haven't worked for ages. And this is what the negative shape people talk about. Oh, block on block, shape on shape. This is the negative style of it. Everyone talks about it for, don't mention, when good teams are doing it, it doesn't look like that. But this is the negative style of it. They're, they don't know what they're enjoying their rugby league. Anthony Milford's leading them in effort. And that's not a positive for Anthony Milford. It's a negative no. for the Knights. And Jaden um, Bray looks okay too, but they everything is side to side and slow ball movement. To have all that ball on the Bulldogs' line and the Bulldogs are not a good defensive team still and to not score any more points is pathetic. And they also didn't look like scoring more points. You know, they can't even put like a decent... Like Dom Young, good in the air, put one decent kick out towards him. Maybe. Yeah, it, it's it's truly sad. And and O'Brien's getting up there with Holbrook in terms of funny press conferences. I mean, this week was essentially, don't you know who I am? I've been the assistant on several teams that made grand finals. Yeah, it's like yeah, you've been on this on four four teams, but this that's not your job now. Like your job's head coach. Also, that was and a while ago. You you took this team to the finals in the last two years. I don't know yeah, how t- he's done this a bunch of times this year, where he's like a long ride, buddy. Like gaslit people at these press conferences into like imagining that twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one didn't happen, and mm. that he's just come in and is fixing the messes left by his predecessors. But it's like no, like you were building something, like. You guys made the finals last season. I know, especially last year, they weren't particularly good and the comp was very soft and very top mm. heavy, but you still made the finals. And this year can only be described as a gigantic step backwards. Yep. And I understand they had to, like Mitch Pierce got an offer and he kind of had to leave. Like ever since that, the play, like, you know, that stuff last year with his yeah. falling apart wedding, there's been a bit of a split in the playing group. So I understand that. He, that Mitch Pierce had to go and I get that they were underprepared in that regard, but. It's just been awful on-field footy, and it don't look like anyone's enjoying the game. And there's a lot of still... I know they've got some injuries. There's still a lot of talent on that football field. There's still two Saifidi brothers who have both played Origin now. There's still Tyson Rizal they paid a million bucks for or so. Clemmer they paid 100K for. Still Gang Gagai they just recruited. There's Dom Young, who's having a great season somehow. And all this. Like, there's still enough talent. Jaden Braley's back. I know Pong is missing. I know Pierce is gone. I get that but it's not an excuse for how they're playing. It just highlights more that, oh, without Ponga, you can't... Like, there was some couple of games early in the year, they did some stuff without Ponga, but it feels like without Ponga, they'd have nothing. They run these same old set plays. That's it. Yeah, it's so just bad. sad. Just really yeah, sad. They're so bad. And what they... As you said, they... Those two... Them and the Knight, Titans, sorry, just... They feel like by far and away the worst teams in the comp. Like, the Tigers have played much better the last month than both of them. Yep, totally. And um, yeah, they, I don't know. Can they really run this back with Adam O'Brien again next year? I don't know, but it looks like them and, them and the Titans are going to. It, doesn't seem it to does matter. look that way. The, yeah. the, especially with the rhetoric he's spouting. Like, it just does seem like it's just going to keep keeping on. So, Well, who's out there? That's true. Well, hey, <laughs> well, hey, mate, hey. Well, who, who would we get in? I don't know. I don't know. Trent anyway, Barrett, he's available. There you go. Yeah. I mean, Mick Potter's probably available. Maybe start there. I think he's been at the Newcastle before. Mick Potter's going to get the Knights I mean, to the Bulldogs job, surely. Yeah. I think that Peter well, Parr changed it. It's a good one. Bit. Good one up. That there, is so. true. He is a good operator. But yeah, I, I think that's a good change. But it just feels like like those fans, and they keep turning up and they still keep bragging about turning up. Stop showing up. Stop going to the games. Why are you going to the games? They They're too loyal. Attendances don't matter. Okay. You people brag on it. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care if the Broncos fans go or don't go to the game. I like going to games. Obviously, I like people being there, but it's not a point of pride. You know, it's if you have it's, nothing else left, it's a point of pride. I do think it's admirable, but it I is, also but think that it, it, doesn't mean it might there, genuinely man. send the wrong message in the sense that they, they, the club doesn't need to pull their finger out. So, yeah. 3,000 of you turn up next home game. That's my, that's my advice. <laughs> or yeah. just don't go in the gates, you know? Like that's it's too loyal, as you said, mate. Like there just seems to be no pressure on them to actually fix fix it up there. 
and um, yeah, disappointing. Disappointing also seeing guys like, like Jake Clifford, who, you know, we thought he had lots of potential and he had some good games this year, but he came back in and didn't look like he wanted to be out there. Yeah. Very There's bad. Um, Mate, well, before we want Jeremy Marshall, no, what the hell? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, like, the if if they started the year with Mick Potter, I reckon they'd be knocking on the door of finals contention right now. But yeah, Remy Marshall King, he's done the op- he's done what the opposite of every other player. He's got his new contract and has started to play better. Yeah, oh, new contract, another club. <laughs> yeah, he's been that, great. Like, no, is he going to be the next Damien Cook for them? That would be very funny. He well, he's almost at the same age as him, but he also obviously had, had um longer to prove himself. He's almost had 100 first grade games, but he's yeah, now yeah, put yeah. together like it's been good footy since since he signed like, for the Dolphins, pretty much. Yeah, but it's been like since round 12, he's got a, had over 100 meters every week, bar two out of dummy half, which is a lot of meters for a dummy half. So, um, oh god, yeah. I read the wrong line. That's that's not right. I read the receipts line. I was surprised, but no, that's not that's not true. But he's had 100 meters a few times in that period. But he had 116 in this game. And he's just been really creative and getting their sets onto a good role. And it looks like he might be like one of the five or six best signings for the Dolphins now, if that's how he keeps playing. Yep. Him and uh, Tom Gilbert and Mark Nichols. I agree. There you go. And the Lee Cousins, yeah. obviously. Is it? That's course. one person. <laughs> but yeah, he, he looks lively. It looks good for mm-hmm. them. Um, Avrilo, okay at fullback. And Kiraz. Yeah, been... You mentioned him before, but Jacob Kiraz is sick. He's been awesome. And... Um, yeah, they're not get. I don't think they'll get the best their best football out of Pangai till next year. Like he just hasn't been fit all season. If they're going to get it again anyway, but he hasn't been fit all year and hasn't really got a run on like under a couple of games under his belt, playing decent minutes. But it is weird how Paul Vaughan is just he's gone next year. Like I know he's a distasteful person. Like people don't like his character and he's had some issues. But again, another game when you had like 170 plus meters and he's just not in the NRL next year. We have a lot of other people who are, you know, off character. That are hanging around. Yeah, I completely agree. I really got to go to Battery World. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dragons. Yeah, their season's over. Oh, I forgot isn't there's it? another game. God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the only real talking point is the hair pull, right? I found it funny. I also found it funny. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, mate. Like, he stopped the try didn't, and didn't get I, sinned in. So it is funny. People forget. People might not know that in other, like, in the NFL. They consider your hair a part of your uniform, so you're mm-hmm. actually allowed to tackle people by the hair. But I know not Callis agreed on, on the radio, mate. He was, as a I bald man, he I, was furious. I, I mean, a, I actually think it's a fair point because if that hair wasn't there, he grabs the jersey. It's a, it's ruled a fair tackle. So yeah, I know it's on his head, but if it's down past your shoulders, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think I mean it's not like Sam Burgess pulling Billy Smith's hair like that was on the mm-hmm. top of his head. Different story, but yeah, I don't know. I, I also don't think it's a penalty, or it shouldn't be. I don't know. If either way, I thought it was a smart play from Sir because he got away with it. And he, only got, he, only, he saved the try and he only got penalised. So he saved the try and he didn't. And you know they were going to have possession anyway. The 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 Cowboys, so it didn't really cost them much. So I thought that no. that was all right for me. And I thought Sue actually had an okay game in this one, but yeah, the Cowboys romped them. And Jeremiah Nanai, I spoke about earlier in the year again. We've always been a fan of his talent. Didn't know if he belonged in the Origin arena starting. He has been one of those guys that sometimes guys go to origin and come up with another leg. He's definitely got another one because he was like doing things from all over the field in this game. You know, he scored what two, three tries? Yeah, two tries. Sorry, had three line breaks. Uh, he's up to a try a game as a back rower. Sixteen tries in sixteen games. Already the most tries in the season by a Cowboys forward. And you would have thought Gavin Cooper had him top, but Nanai's got him already. Yeah, and yeah, he's been hey, exceptional. He's rookie of the year. Give him the award now. I mean, yeah, is it? He's Lachlan played, four, close he's played four games before this year, though. Isn't it? Four? Five is the it, cutoff, isn't it? Oh, uh, it used, used to be four. So is it five now? I always thought it was five. Yeah. Was it four? Oh, sorry, well, I've seen people four? saying that he's their rookie yeah. of the year. So I assume that he fits the criteria. Yeah. At one um, point it was a four or under, but maybe it might right, be okay. five. Well, this uh, is that Jacob, Jacob Karaz, Lachlan Ilias. Yeah, it's five perhaps. now. You're I'm right. Joking. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he's yeah. got to run away with that award, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's his then. Yeah, um, I actually so, thought he was ineligible before people were talking about this week. It's obviously yeah. it's his. Um, before we continue on this game, this has literally just been tweeted by George Clark. Um, mm-hmm. The Knights have issued David Clemmer with a show cause notice relating to on-field disciplinary matters in last Sunday's match against the Canterbury Bank Stamp Bulldogs. No what? further correspondence will be entered into until the show cause hearing process has been completed. What is this? George also, for the record, does not know. He said, for what is this? So, like, 
That's weird. So he's done something on the field yeah. that is off color or something that the face is reaction, but from the nights, not yeah. from. Yeah, yeah. So has he said something? Is he? I, I, I don't know. It's we're not going to sound smart anything we guess right now. So no, maybe he said, "Take me home, please," to some yeah. of the Bulldogs players. I've, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling disappointed. Maybe he was. Uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe he was. There's nothing. Him, I just read the out. statement verbatim. No, yeah. They've not said. The yeah. Knights have tweeted it two minutes ago, and that's that's all we've got. So. Oh, there you go. That's interesting. Let me see we'll if see. Uh, Barry too he's tweeted anything. He's the he's the man. No, he said no. He's tweeted nothing. So he's, there gone, you go. he's gone quiet, mate. Yeah. He's he's hiding. Very strange. Uh, yeah. Really uh, strange. I have no idea. Well, that explains why he's not playing this week. Then sure does. Yeah. Weird. Um. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So back so to this game. Scott Drinkwater also had good Scott. He was bad enough to get hooked last week, and he's back to good Scotty this week. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, Felt got injured, but they have the hammer. So yeah, that they'll be fine. Uh, the Cowboys with with Cotter back, I think they're a bit of a different team. And obviously, this wasn't the best test, but I love seeing like Tamalolo ball play. Uh, I love seeing that they was they've been pretty much dominant to the left hand side of the field, attacking most of the year. But in this game, they saw a weakness on the Dragons' left, their own right. They went at Billy Burns and, and Ben Hunt too, which you wouldn't expect. But Billy Burns, Ben Hunt, and Jack Bird, they went there all night, and it worked for them. And, you know, you said this before with your boy, Chad Townsend. He isn't an exceptional player. He's and a he's, but, oh, well, he's part of that stuff, though. He's part of direct. Okay, well, we're going to just attack that right-hand side. Every team he plays for gets better. So just give the ball to the good players. You know, it's like, okay, we'll go. I'll just do that. And whilst, you know, I know people have, Sharks made a lot of issues with him. He made lots of mistakes or similar. Or he's kicking Premiership right. winning halfback. Those things still happen now, right? But it doesn't matter for the, sh- the Cowboys, does it? No. Like when he puts uh, a bad kick in, meh. Yeah, look, just good things happen when you have Chad Townsend in your team. Yeah, um, so he did. He, yeah, they had a, another great win. Uh, it feels it feels weird uh, that they they it was it wasn't it was a close game early, but yeah, they have this knack of blowing games out by thirty at the end of it. But it makes a massive difference to their four and against. Like they're going to be really hard if if somehow someone else gets on the same wins as them. It's going to be impossible to catch them. They they plus two hundred eight four and against already. Only you know scored four hundred ninety one points and he's hit a two eighty three. Yep, that's really pretty good. Good, good on is. them. Um, yeah, they're. I mean, lock them into the top four. I think, especially after last week's fast. Yeah, I mean, lock them. Yeah, they're easily locked in top four, top three. Uh, yeah, something have to go real wrong for them to to not finish up there. And they've got their bonus free win from that Tigers game. But you know, even though they're meeting, I don't think they're gonna take it away from them. <laughs> no, certainly not. All right. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here though give a quick shout out mm. to people on the top two tiers of our patrons go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies if you want to support us so, but you've got two new shirt designs coming soon we do we have sent one off this week we've got a go dozer yeah. not just shirt we'll put on some other things too sent that off to the, uh, the rugby league merch guys haven't heard back but hopefully that'll go on a few things more than just uh, t-shirts because it's a nice little vector that our good friend M. Sprouse did up and it looks like a bit of a fallout style Ben Hunt on a... Uh, Which is right up my alley. I don't know if she did that on purpose, yeah. but I love Fallout. Yeah. So but so it looks great. I'm going to probably put it on everything. Maybe you get a tattoo. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Consider it a go-dozer tattoo. Doesn't, it feels like that'll age perfectly fine. People won't... People will understand that in 50 years still. Yeah. With how much people will be saying go-dozer in the future. It's true. <laughs> um, and we've got a Catch and Fall Merchant shirt coming as well. So that's exciting. Yeah. Our yeah, other designer, so. our junior designer, Matt Coleman, knocked that, that one up. <laughs> and it also looks fantastic. So... Yeah, so there you go. So um, rugbyleaguemerch.com. I think it's forward slash. But anyway, rugbyleaguemerch.com, when you hit, click the drop down, we're there. I can't remember if it's forward slash yeah. boom rookies or not. I'll grab it for uh, you now. No, nah, it's, it's not. Just go rugbyleaguemerch.com, shop by brand, and bam, there's boom, boom rookies. Yeah. Hey, catching four merchants up there now. There you go. Oh, it's already up. There you go. You got the shirts just there. But uh, there you go. You well, can get right that now. in uh well, in the Fantastic. green, it's green, black, or red. You can get it in green, obviously, being the, the, the better bunnies color. But there we go. Mm. How good. Fantastic. That was quick. Good turnaround. Was. Good stuff. All right. And a thank you to uh, Bronco from Birth, Chris Savnell, Dave, Luke Hilton, new patron, shout out, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Dan Carnay, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Jace Felix Farmworth, 
James K, Jason Jez, Joel Wrigley, Joey Gooch, Josh Brandon, Kick Souths out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my arms, they go a flip-flop, flip-flop, flip, never trendy, party keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneiderfield Score, Seymour Butts, Shunter, Stephen Hickey, Stone Gossard, Swarzy, T, T, Ty, TB, The Black Vegetable, The Not-So-Mature Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy and was. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. All right. We did it. We're at the end of another show. We're back with question time later in the week. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye! And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>